This is Inside the Valley, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Conference, celebrating 25 years of women's athletics. Missouri Valley Conference men's basketball conference play is just around the corner, getting set to start another season of Valley play, the 2017-18 season. In the mid part, as we conclude the non-conference part of the schedule and right now, uh, talking about the Indiana State Sycamores. Of course, the Sycamores started out the year with uh, probably the biggest win that the league had uh, going up to Indiana and picking up that big win. And here to talk more about that with me is uh, analyst on the Sycamores radio broadcast. And he's a former Sycamore himself, uh, Mr. Matt Wren. Matt, thanks for taking time to, to talk about the Sycamores with me. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Enjoy it. Well, like I said, the season started out with the bang, and it, that's thanks to the Sycamores going up to, to to Indiana and getting that big win in, in Bloomington. And you know, we couldn't have expected a better start that led to what was uh, what's now the the great non conference start collectively for the league. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But um, when you go through the the Sycamores non conference part of the schedule up to this part, and I know they've had their ups and downs, but they've showed a lot of promise overall. Right now, they're five and six. But uh, your interpretation of just how the Sycamores have been up to this point. Well, we've been up and down, and he talked about it there. We went to the first game of the season and, and really put it to Indiana. It wasn't really close, to be honest with you, about a 30-point win. And, you know, a lot of that was, was Indiana giving us a lot of open shots, and, and, and I think that's been part of our inconsistency is we, we've shot a lot of threes. We had 17 in that game, so, you know, when they're going in, it's things are doing well for you. When they're not, it's not the case. But got off to a bang, went down to Charleston, um, that tournament down there, and and struggled, dropped three against some, some good teams, um, Auburn, Old Dominion, and, and Ohio. And then, you know, with this team, it's just been inconsistent. They're shooting the three-point ball, but also defensively. When we've locked in defensively, we've been, we've been pretty good. When, when we haven't, we haven't been so good. So we've, we've had a pretty tough schedule. I think we're around 100 strength of schedule. Yeah. Um, but we just haven't had that consistency from game to game. So, but the one thing about this year's team, as opposed to last year, is we, we got more talent. Um, you know, that was some new guys, some freshmen, uh, some transfers, Davis um, and Thomas there. But, um, you know, last year I didn't think we had the horses even when we played well. This year we got talent. We just haven't put it together yet. Well, and that's one thing I definitely wanted to get into because when you dive into the stats for the team, uh, Jordan Barnes leading the team and scoring at 17 uh, points a game. Uh, Brenton Scott, we all know him and what he's capable of at 13.3. And you mentioned Davis, 11.2. Uh, for folks that hadn't seen the Sycamores play, uh, especially those new, those new Valpo fans, Jordan Barnes, uh, we all know what Brenton Scott's done in the past, and he's been an all-conference performer in this league, but this appears to be a little bit more of a coming-out party. You mentioned it, a little bit more scoring talent there with his 17 points, but what stands out to me, he seems to be really good from beyond the arc, his uh, 51% three-point shooting leading the team. Oh, man, he's been, he's been really good for us. Um, I think a lot of us saw some promise last year with JB as a freshman, but um, a coming out party is probably a good term. He's he's not only been our best scorer, um, he's he's run our offense, got us into our stuff, our leading assist guy, and his efficiency's been outstanding. He's fifty one percent from the from the three point line, eighty four from the free throw line. So he's been our best player, um, without a doubt. He's been consistently uh, scoring for us and has had some big games against some some good opponents. So. He's been solid. Burton's been up and down. Hadn't shot the ball quite as well this year, just 33% from the, the three-point line. He has rebounded um, better for us. Um, but I think he's he's buying into what this team wants to do, which which is good, and it's sharing the basketball and, and really just focusing on getting team wins above everything. So 
those two guys have been really good. I mean, our backcourt has been has been solid, and then the new guys have, have fit in pretty well. So, um, I mean, I, I think a lot of people, if you're looking at, you know, even across the league, some guys they wouldn't have seen. Uh, Tyreek Key, a freshman uh, from Tennessee, has, has played. He's going to be a good player for us. Um, has a good motor, has a good body. And uh, Davis, a graduate transfer, we don't get a lot of those. He's a good defender, hard-nosed kid. So those other two kind of round out our most consistent guys at the top right now. Yeah, I was going to ask you to follow up if there was a player uh, before the season started that you sort of thought, you know, could this guy be a difference maker or a, a newcomer that might stand out? Tyree Key fit that mold uh, with the, the freshman there and his his 9.4 points game appears to be that he's sort of uh, making his presence felt in the early part of his career there. Yeah, and, and we normally don't get, you know, freshmen come in, especially the guard who has a body and can compete physically like he's been able to. I mean, he's, he's not afraid of contact. He's a strong kid. Um, he can shoot the ball. And actually, for a freshman, he's been really consistent for us. And he had a, had a tough one, the last one at, at Western Kentucky. But besides that, it's been around 8, 10, 12 points um, a game for the for the start of the season. Now, like most freshmen, he needs, you know, he struggles a little bit defensively, but that's getting better and better and better. He listens. He's a very likable kid, and, um, and like I said, he's he's a kid who's got a bright future for, for Indiana State and the, and the rest of the league. Of course, uh, Sycamores do have one more non-conference game remaining. Uh, this uh, uh, Today, as we record, December 22nd, taking on Elon at, in the Holman Center. Uh, but they will open up Valley Play, uh, hosting Valparaiso on December 28th, and then uh, following that up with the trip to Illinois State and then a trip to Loyola, Illinois State on December 31st, and Loyola at Loyola on January 3rd. Um, before diving in, your thoughts on the league, um, curious to know. So as now we've jumped into uh, the the end of the conference, uh, non-conference part of the season, uh, the, there's been a lot of talk about how this, the success of the league uh, has been in this non-conference part. The Valley's been you know, in that 6, 7, 8 range in terms of non-conference, RPI, things like that. Um, when you look up at the stats and, and what the other league teams have done thus far, uh, your reaction, you know, there's been a lot of discussion, you know, at media day and the preseason about what the future of the Valley might hold. But obviously we've had a lot of success. If you look at Northern Iowa and Loyola and the non-conference wins, uh, your thought of just uh, how the Valley's fared so far. Hey, what I'm excited. I mean, it feels like we're in the middle of the 2000s again with these power five wins and, and the way the league is, has played, you know, at eight RPI right now is is great and some big wins. I mean, we got Drake over Wake Forest, Illinois State beat South Carolina. I think Loyola's got the biggest one that was at Florida, and let's see, Illinois State took that Ole Miss. So I mean, yeah. there's there's some big wins there. Um, I mean, the league's looking good. I mean, I've had a chance to see some of them play. I think you know, you and I with Cook inside playing as well as he is playing, and then Pickford, the freshman too. Six four and about 10, 10 rebounds a game. So, I think they've looked uh, really good. Um, and then you know you go from top to bottom. I think Missouri State's going to be good. Illinois State with those three guys. I think we, we had a chance to see Yarborough when we played St. Louis. I think when he was a sophomore. So we knew how good of a player he was. But you add him to Evans and Fane there, and I, I think they're going to be a tough team. They've their schedule's been brutal. I mean they got a top ten strength of schedule. So I think they're going to be up there. I think you look at the top four or five teams in the league, it's going to be a battle. You know, you throw Loyola up there, you throw Valparaiso, who we'll get to see right away here. Um, I mean, it's the, the league's gotten better. Uh, there's no question about it, and it's, it's because they're more talented. I mean, there's just more talented players this year than what we had last year. 
I, I'm curious to know as someone that played in the league and going back to the days where uh, there wasn't always a runaway champion. Does this sort of remind you back of those days here where we might see, you know, a little bit more competition across the board in the Valley and lead to a, a more exciting conference season here in, in the 17-18 year? Yeah, I think there's no question about it. I think Wichita's uh, state stranglehold over the league, I mean, I think it was good to have them here and get that national notoriety. But, I mean, the last couple of years, you, you pretty much knew, you know, you were fighting for second, to be honest with you. So um, it does remind me of those times in the 2000s where there's, you know, four or five teams who could win it. And you're going down to those last couple of weeks and, and you're seeing teams, you know, jump a couple of spaces because of the the parity up top so i like it i'm excited to get my 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 eyes on these guys firsthand um and i think this is probably the most excitement we've had around missouri missouri valley basketball for for a while because of that parity because of how successful the non-conferences has been and then um just the new faces across the league that they get an opportunity to see and speaking of new faces, you, like as, as I mentioned, you guys will open up the league play, uh, getting the first shot at Valpo. Uh, they're making their first road trip uh, to Terre Haute in the Holman Center. Uh, one question I've been asking everybody uh, with Valparaiso joining the league and their fans uh, uh, potentially making trips around the league to see the venues uh, in the conference, and their beat writer, Paul Oren, who uh, uh, is, is taking an interest in the league and, and uh, their new uh, conference affiliation. They're curious to know, um, when traveling to Terre Haute in this example, uh, if you would recommend someone as a native there, uh, a restaurant, uh, an establishment for pre or post game uh, meal or something like that, if you uh, had a personal favorite there in the in the Wabash Valley that you would recommend to Paul Paul Warren, the beat writer, and the Valparaiso fans, I'll tell you, we got a lot, especially if you're staying right around the Holman Center. Um, the Copper Bar is right there within a walk got good food, kind of a bar food, good beer. Um, of course, the Valley Hughes right there if you want some college action. But if you want some, an upscale J Fords, is just right down the road. It's it's about as good as it gets um, food-wise. And then Moggers is not far away. Moggers and 7th and Elm both of them had great beer selection. 7th and Elm brews their own, own beer, and Moggers is kind of a neat atmosphere there. So really, a lot of places right around the Holman Center to get a, a good bite to eat and a, and a beverage. There you go. I've had some of those places, especially 7th and M. I know they have you guys as coaches shows and things like that and a great Indiana State uh, uh, athletic supporter. So uh, it'll be fun. Hopefully those guys will be able to take in some of those places. And when they uh, visit uh, coming up here real shortly, I can't, it's hard to believe conference players here already. It's time to get going. So it'll be exciting uh, to get some Valley basketball going. So it's well, even, first, even a night, even a night with uh, Loyola, Missouri State. So, well, there you go. Well, Matt, I appreciate your time, sir. Thanks so much. And uh, you have a good holiday, man. And uh, good luck to the Sycamores. And hopefully we uh, have a, a great Valley season ahead of us. Yeah, sure do. Appreciate it. A tradition all its own. The four days that start the madness. Ten teams, one goal. This is the Valley. This is St. Louis. This is Arch Madness. Make your plans for the 2018 State Farm MBC Men's Basketball Championship March 1st through 4th at Scott Trade Center. Presented by Fox Sports Midwest. For tickets, call 800-745-3000 or visit archmadness.com. The Missouri Valley Conference. Celebrating 25 years in women's athletics. Another preview of the NBC men's basketball teams, and right now we turn our attention to the Valparaiso Crusaders, the new the newcomer into the Missouri Valley Conference. And as I've talked to uh, this gentleman back early in the summer when the the move was officially made with Valpo in the Valley, I'm 
please to bring them back again. I think Paul, you might be the uh, the earliest return guest on the Inside the Valley podcast. If that uh, if that matters to you, look, I'm just trying to catch up with everybody else. They've all had a big head start on me. <laughs> Thanks for taking time, sir. I appreciate it. Paul Oren is the guest here, uh, writer, beat writer for the Valparaiso. Crusaders covering them for the Northwest Indiana Times. Paul, thanks so much. I uh, hope your holiday is off to a good start and uh, up in an upcoming Christmas. But uh, we've got basketball being played, and the Crusaders got off to a great start. A little bit, uh, some struggles as of late, but uh, you know what? There's still some things that we can learn about the Crusaders as they head into Valley play. Which, what you've seen so far in the non-conference part of the schedule, how would you uh, uh, rate the Crusaders thus far as we sit here talking on December 21st? Yeah, it's a good question and uh, really a pleasure to be here. And, and again, everything in the Missouri Valley Conference has been great so far from the outset. And I can't wait to actually get a chance to go to all these towns and everything. In the non-conference play, it's really been a tale of two of two parts of non-conference. Valpo started 8-0, but the question was, is like, how good are they? You know, how how solid is that 8-0 that they had? couple non-D1s in there, and then just some lower RPI programs. Some good wins, yes, but uh, the Utah State win was really nice, but Utah State was missing three of their top six players. Uh, the Kent State and UNC Wilmington games were, were good wins. Um, but, you know, you didn't really know. if You wanted to see Valpo play well in one of these other games, maybe against a Purdue or a Northwestern, and they lost those two games by 30 and 34 points, respectively. In between that, they go to Ball State. They lose in a game where they don't have their leading scorer, Tavon Walker, out with mono. And then they went out to California and split a pair of games there against Santa Clara and UC Riverside. But you really should beat UC Riverside. But now Valpo's second leading scorer, Joe Burton, has been suspended from the program because of a university academic situation. And now you're going to go into conference not knowing kind of what Valpo is at, through 13 games. Their leading scorer, Tavon Walker, could come back. Their second leading scorer could be gone for the rest of the year, if not the remainder of his career. And so I, I really think there are still more questions than answers. And that's going to happen when you've got so many freshmen and sophomores in the rotation. Yeah, I'm curious with that that new news there with, with Joe Burton. So what, is that, what do you think that means for the rotation for the Crusaders? Bakari, Bakari Evelyn? take a more prominent role, Marcus Golder, does the, you know, next man up kind of mentality there? Yeah, I think Marcus Golder will will be in the starting lineup from for the rest of the season here with Tavon. Even if Tavon returns, and, and Matt Loddick said earlier this week, the expectation is that Tavon Walker with Mono will return against the Sycamores on Thursday, December 28th in the conference opener. Even then, if Joe Burton is no longer with the program or, or whatever, I, I don't know. The, the details of all of this, the university put out a statement last night, uh, on, excuse me, on, uh, on, on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, that said that uh, he failed to meet university academic standards. If he's, if he's gone, then yeah, I certainly think Marcus Golder steps up in the starting lineup, and Valpo's got depth, but now that depth takes a little bit of a hit to it. So Bakari Evelyn, you want to see a bit more offense from him, and Marcus Golder, you want to see him be a little bit more aggressive as well. I got the chance to see the Crusaders up close and in person uh, when they were taking on SIUE here uh, in the St. Louis area over in Edwardsville, Illinois. Uh, really impressed with their athleticism. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I've seen them on ESPN3, but when you, you get a different feel when you're there in person to watch a team. And I was really impressed by the athleticism that they played, that they showed in that game. Um, when you 
uh, were to characterize this team to people that hadn't hadn't seen them, uh, you know, play on on ESPN three or on television or in person, uh, how would you do that? Yeah, I think athleticism is and depth are the two two words that go hand in hand with this team because of the depth that Valpo has. The fact that they. I mean, any one of these guys could could really step up into the starting lineup, maybe outside of the three freshmen who are kind of earning their stripes right now. I think the rest of the guys, because they they can they've got so much depth, they can play faster and they can be more athletic, and they don't have to worry necessarily about saving their energy for the last five minutes of the game because they got reinforcements coming in every couple minutes. And, and Matt Loddick's done a really good job of, of kind of playing around with the substitution patterns and, and trying to get guys minutes early on in the first half to kind of find out who's locked in for the game. And then in the second half, maybe shortening that up a little bit. So you see when you watch Valpo, a very athletic team that's got a lot of players they're going to throw at you. I'm curious now as they get into conference play, if that rotation shrinks a little bit, you know, when now the games start to have a bit more meaning, I think it'll be curious to see kind of how the rotation goes. And, and then if they shorten the rotation, can they play as fast and can they play as athletic as they've been doing throughout the year? Yeah, I think that's one curious aspect that, that a lot of folks will have uh, going into the Valley here with the double round robin schedule. And then uh, what we all know is the rigors of Valley play. You see each team uh, home and away and, and you know, the, the, the games, couple couple games a week and things like that. Um, all things we're curious to see how a new member acclimates themselves and how quickly. But uh, the Chris, as, as you said before, uh, they'll open up league play at Indiana State December 28th. Um, and then a good challenge uh, uh, with Missouri State coming into to, to the arc there on December 31st, New Year's Eve. Or sorry, that, yeah, that game's at, at Valpo. Um, and then Bradley, a really improved Bradley team in Peoria, and then Southern Illinois, January 6th, the first uh, couple games for the Crusaders uh, in the Valley. What we've, we've sort of been surprised, pleasantly surprised, at how the league's performed in non-conference overall. Um, for you guys, you know, I don't know what the expectation was, but when you look at what the Valley has done, um, your sort of reaction, your thoughts about uh, the Valley's overall non-conference performance. Yeah, I mean, everyone told me that the Valley was this great conference and Valpo was getting in at the right time because everybody was supposed to be down this year. Uh, if this is down, I can't wait to see what it's like when things are good. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, smarting from the loss of Wichita State and it can't go overstated, but but look, Missouri State's been very good. They've got a lot of great – I mean, look at the non – the, look at the power five wins of this yeah. conference is, is ripped off so far. And I, I just, I, I look at the conference schedule right now and I don't find a guaranteed win anywhere. I find a lot of winnable games for Valpo, uh, but I don't find the, there's no off night in this conference. I mean, I know that's a really cliche thing to say, but Valpo's come from some conferences where there have been some off nights, where there have been a, you know what, roll the ball to the center of the court and talent should take care of the rest. I don't know. I mean, th- this is a good league, and that's what I see through the through the the watching on ESPN3, uh, you know, ESPN in the Valley and, and all of that, and it's been great. I can't wait to get out and see these teams now in person because, again, like you said about seeing Valpo at Edwardsville, 
you get to pick up a lot more when you see them in person. So I want to see what Brenton Scott looks like in person. I want to see what Alizé Johnson looks like in person. I want to see all these different guys, and, and I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be exciting. But I think Valpo, they, they're, they're ready for the challenge, but it's, it's going to be a challenge. There's no question about it. We, we've, we've gotten through the fall sports season uh, and, and Valpo had some success there qualifying for the volleyball championship and, and men's and women's soccer. But now that basketball started, I'm curious to know, has the buzz for, for Valpo in the Valley, has it picked up even any more steam now that basketball season has arrived? Yeah, without question. Valpo is a basketball school first and foremost. And while Valpo has had great success in volleyball, Karen Avery, the coach, has won more than 20 games almost every year she's been here. Soccer has done very well. Um, the football team, which is not in the Valley Football Conference, but they, they have really turned the corner this year. All of that is the appetizer to men's basketball and, and, and women's basketball, too. It's a basketball school. And, and the women's basketball program, I just looked right now at the standings, they're the only team – to have a above 500 record overall in non-conference right now. And, uh, and so there's a buzz about what's it going to be like when Missouri State comes to town here on December 31st. And then as you get into, you know, getting Evansville back into the arc and getting Loyola back in here, and I, I think that there's going to be just some great basketball to be played here over the next two months. Absolutely. I think that's one of the exciting things. I know some of the, the schools that were in conferences with Valpo, re- renewing those rivalries will be uh, pretty unique to see. Um, but speaking of some of those schools coming into Valpo or Valpo going on the road, of course, I've been asking all the other uh, radio guys and beat writers that I've been talking about to get you and the Valpo fan suggestions on uh, local places to eat in those towns. But I'm curious if fans were to visit Valpo, um, could you give them suggestions on where they would be able to, to visit for a pre or post game uh, a meal or beverage? Well, absolutely. If if you're coming here for an overnight and you're here in the morning, you got to go to Jimmy's Cafe for breakfast. It's cash only, but I mean, you order your food and about five minutes later, it's sitting in front of you. And if you come in once, they'll remember your face and your name for the rest of the time that you're here. So that's nice. a good breakfast spot. Uh, Jimmy's Cafe. Dinner, maybe before a game or after a game. I'm a big fan of crazy things, and I love peanut butter on a cheeseburger. And <laughs> okay. there's a place there's a place called Radius right in downtown Valpo that does what's called the Elvis Burger, where they put peanut butter and they put honey and a bacon cheeseburger. And it is so good. And if it sounds disgusting to you, I would just tell you don't <laughs> knock it until you've tried it. It is so, so, so good. Uh, so Radius would be my spot. And then there's another place called Tomato Bar, which I think is a chain, but uh, they've got uh, oven-baked wings that are to die for. You don't even need sauce on them. They're so good. Uh, so Tomato Bar is where I like to go a lot of times, or Radius are my two spots. All right, there you have it. I, I, I don't have any suggestions because I've never been to Valpo. I've been, I've been throwing in my personal favorites for uh, the other league cities, but since I've never been to Valparaiso, uh, I do not have a favorite, so I'll, I'll uh, have to take you at your word for those. Well, when you, when you come to Valpo, we're going to hit up Radius, and uh, and if you can handle the peanut butter, we're getting a peanut butter cheeseburger because it is so good. All right. Well, Paul, let the folks know how they can uh, follow you online on social media and, and read your uh, your writings. 
Yeah, on Twitter, at NWI, at NWI Orin on Twitter is the place to go. And then uh, NWI.com is where uh, where the articles go. Or, you know what, if you come into town, you know, pick up a newspaper. I think they're like there you 50 go. cents. Uh, or uh, I also have a podcast about Valpo, uh, Union Street Hoops. You can find it on iTunes. Union Street Hoops. The arc is located on Union Street, so it was as most creative as I could get. I like it. I'm a subscriber, as you've probably seen. I've, I sent you a Facebook photo of uh, a screenshot of my iPhone screen and me listening to my car. I, 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 I enjoy listening to uh, learning what's going on in our schools, and I enjoy the work that you guys do there uh, covering Valpo. So uh, great to have you guys in the league, and uh, hope you have a great holiday, sir, and we're ready to get conference play started. All right. I hope Santa brings everything everybody wants, and uh, hopefully it's tickets to Arch Madness. I can't wait. All right. Thanks, Paul, for your time. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk soon. Take care.